It's time for Thriller Thursdays, here on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance recommended. This is Tom McNally, still at large in October 2017. We had a very busy weekend last weekend because we had our very first live performance of the Saga of the European King right here in Brighton at the Onca Gallery as part of the Brighton Digital Festival. We also had an exhibition of the track art for the series and we ran an audio drama workshop for school children. I think it all went very well, so this episode of the show is going to be the first act of that live performance. There's also a video of this up on YouTube if you want to see us making all the faces, and the second act will be up very shortly. As far as continuity goes, the live show is bang up to date and it's a very slightly off-canon rewrite of chapters 31 and 32, which you regular listeners are waiting on. The recorded fully canon versions of chapters 31 and 32 will be up shortly, but for now, please enjoy our live show in which myself, Josh and Amy stand in front of 30 people and shout at them in all sorts of different voices, to their obvious delight. abroad and at home, where the earth itself is shifting beneath us and, and blowing above us, and it's doing everything it can to break our spirit, we should look to the past. And we should look specifically to the medieval epoch, back when Europe was united behind one great and very excitable king, a king who fought man and nature, a king whose friends were totally rad, a king who could do neat coin tricks, even though his hands were made of wood, because he practiced every night, even on bad nights, even on the nights in which he slept in the woods, which he did all the time. I'm talking, of course, of the history described in meticulous detail in the saga of the European king, possibly the most important historical document we have on the medieval epoch. So much, sadly, has been lost at that time, but tonight we're going to try and catch you all up to the latest episode. The Saga of the European King Live! 
Mr. King goes to Washington to fight. That, that was the king of Europe. He, he's able to narrate his own title to his own life. So every child knows the story of the king of Europe who set out on his quest to kill Winter with his friends, his adventure friends, and also his son. But he ended up getting distracted by his ex-wife, and uh, you know, to cut a long story short, he ended up in the United States of America, uh, which was different back then in medieval times. Uh, and, and like a lot of people who go to the United States of America, he, he spent a few years in jail <laughs> until his friends from Europe came to look for him. But no problem. He escaped from jail, but then he was very quick in disgracing himself to his friends, to the Americans, to the foundations of European law, and to himself, because he hit on his best friend's girlfriend on the dance floor. Yeah. He longed for death in the jungle after this, but he was talked round by a crime-solving ape he knew. Uh, and the crime-solving ape convinced him that he should not die in shame, but be reborn in glory by sparking a revolution amongst the disaffected people of the United States of America. You know, they've got a lot of problems, and maybe a very excitable king could come and do some coin tricks and, you know, make them all go away. Uh, his idea was to topple the nation, to clear out the, the United States of America and start over. Uh, there are many ways you, you can do this. You can do this through intrigue, or you can do it through economics, you can do it through cultural assimilation, or you can do it with careful and precise military action. You can do any of these with the right set of skills and resources. But what the king had uh, was Baal Hadad, the mighty Mesopotamian storm god. Hello, that's me. I sound like this. <laughs> he had his friend St. Francis of Assisi, a wild man who bowed to no one. Yeah, hi, whatever. <laughs> and he had that crime-solving ape with springs in his shoes. Go, go, gorilla. Hello, it's a pleasure to meet you and look for matchbooks. He also had a load of swans that lived in the Potomac River. So what the king decided to do with his little team, he decided that his plan was to sail straight into Washington, D.C. on a yacht made of the bodies of swans. You'll excuse me for the unsolicited advice, Your Highness, but this grisly gondola you've made ain't the quietest way to slip into town. I mean, it's a bit of a waste of swans. Poor things. No! Swans are total jerks! I think I agree. If you show your enemies that you're willing to put a lot of time and energy into something, then, then people will think you've got a lot more time and energy to spare. It's like building a church, St. Francis. You could use a barn, sure, but then all the effort you put in sends a message. Yes, a message of terror! I just feel like you're gilding the terror lily so much that it shines with a blinding light that gives away our position at all times. Yes, see, Francis, see? Gogo Gorilla understands the subtleties of war. Can we even go to war when it's just the four of us? We can, with Baal on our side. It's been so long since I was at war. I hope I remember what I'm doing. I once went to war with the sea and I won. The sea was like a crazy big dragon back then. Uh, yeah, but that the sea's still there, Baal. That was just a story that people told you to get you to do stuff for them. No, I don't think so. They were very sincere when they told me. Yeah, of course they were. 
People tell me things about you all the time, Baal. Do they? Like what? What do they say about me? Oh, just that Baal, the Lord of Abundance, who covers the whole sky, whose reign was sweet to the earth, defeated death, and ruled over the whole world. Yes, I did, didn't I? They were right, you know. I did those things. They sure were. They were right. Yes. Okay, now, now make a storm for us. A storm? You see, Baal had worked for the king's family for generations. When Europe conquered heaven, Baal had been downgraded from a storm god to a demon. And before the king set out to murder Winter and got stuck in the United States, he had, Baal had drifted into a low-wage job of mid-bossing. He would be assigned to a place just outside of a little town, and he'd make trouble for the locals or not let anyone use an important road or trade route. Uh, and all this was supposed to give children their first taste of adventure when they ventured out with their wooden swords and killed him. Baal had been caught up in this present adventure when he'd accidentally tried to stop the king's armies from marching north towards winter, you know, to kill winter. Uh, and Baal had met St. Francis living as a hermit out in the Malden Wood. And after a period of drifting from town to town, going who knows where, putting right what had once went wrong, the two of them were recruited as muscle in the king's revolution in the United States. Oh, uh, am I allowed to make a storm? What would the European Environmental Agency say? We're not in Europe, Baal. But those guys are very stern, Francis. They send letters. Let's go get gorilla now. Around here, it's the boys of the EPA that run the weather. And believe me, they're no fan of the current president. Okay, yes, so uh, like a Category 5 storm, I think, yeah. Yeah, that's probably the best category for this sort of thing. If we're playing it loud, let's shake the wall. Okay, Category 5, over to you, Baal Storm, please. Baal cooked a storm up right there on the Potomac. A storm that made up for all the lost time not making storms. The eye of the storm was focused on their grisly gondola of terror, and everything within two kilometres was whipped and battered and drowned in their approach and in their wake. <coughs> and you can be sure that the President of the United States sent henchmen to stop them. But meanwhile, somewhere around Texas, some of the king's friends had been looking for him for a few years and were now very close to finding him. They were being led by the king's best friend and his worst enemy, who was Axe Axwood. Now, Axe was not only the king's best friend but also his worst enemy because the king had killed his brother a few years earlier, but it, it's okay because Axe's brother was you know, kind of a, a jerk, he was kind of evil, and he was making a fuss. Um, and, but, you know, even so, there were very strict laws about blood oaths back in, you know, in medieval Europe. So, the rest of Axe was running out ahead, and the rest of the team was following him as his blood oath kind of homed in on the king. They were following in this huge convoy of vehicles and cargo, which was the largest convoy that had ever been assembled in the medieval world. And inside one of the carriages was Sally Minefield, the thief and an expert on death and dying. And she was keeping an eye on Axe. Are you all right out there, Axe? The wind's really starting to pick up. Father Figaro. Oh, yes, I see him, Sally. Father Figaro was a powerful Dominican priest, drunk, and the king's mother. 
<laughs> he said kings of Europe reproduce asexually, but Father Viggo was the king whose father's living boyfriend, and he, he did practically all of the parenting anyway. But I've never seen Axe do this in person. It's like he's possessed. Oh, you needn't worry about him, Sally. What you're seeing is his Celtic tracking instincts on display. Pay him no mind. I know, but he's not really tracking, is he? He's not looking for spore or broken grass. He's, he's just running, full pelt. Hmm. I don't think it's really anything to do with him being Celtic at all. I think it's to do with his blood oath. What, his promise to kill the king? Yes, a proper oath meant honestly is a powerful thing, Sally. Any local gods nearby, sympathetic to his prayers, will be working his muscles and his lungs and showing him the way. But Axe isn't really going to try and kill the king. Well, he'd better hold back on that idea. I didn't pay to bring all you people across the country just to kill your own king, I. Yeah, so that was actor and musician Will Smith. Uh, he, he funded and he'd organized this whole giant convoy that was scouring the nation, nation looking for the lost king of Europe. Uh, Will Smith had rescued Sally Minefield and Father Figaro when they'd been shipwrecked on Miami Beach. Will Smith was wealthy and he was also very charming and he was very, very interested in hearing more about Europe, which to him was a distant, uncontacted foreign power that he could gain exclusive trade relations with. You see, in the medieval epoch, Will Smith was not just an actor and a musician, but he was also a voracious plutocrat. <laughs> if little Axe Dilly Dally is on his beef, I'll smoke that bull king myself. <laughs> Eric, how many times I gotta tell you to slow your roll? My business doesn't sell out to your business, Smith. You don't go killing my new client, Eric. Okay, so Will Smith was talking to another famous person, Eric Rageter, who was, I'm sure you know, you know, he's on television all the time, he's a 400-year-old Viking lord. And he'd been the sworn nemesis of the king's father, the previous king of Europe. Uh, but when he parted ways with the king's father, he'd taken the bulk of Viking, you know this, he'd taken the bulk of Viking <laughs> civilization with him. Over to South America, because they were great sailors, weren't they, the Vikings? Uh, and right there, I mean, he had a great time. He had a real campaign of genocide uh, until he was pretty much the lord and master of the world, just south of Mexico, right down to Brazil. Uh, and, oh, yeah, I should point out that Eric Rejita took a, real, a lot of pride in, in just really putting, it, putting his back into being the most evil man in the world. So he wanted to kill the king right now because he had witnessed that incident I told you about on the dance floor with Astrid Gimelec, who was Axe Axwoon's girlfriend. Um, Eric felt that the king had disrespected the memory of the king's father, even though that when the king's father was alive, Eric Rageeta had really just tried his level best to kill him. But you know, nostalgia is a weird thing, isn't it? Oh, enough, please. The pair of you, all this talk of killing the king is childish. Axe will catch up to him and then they will both hug it out. And if you try anything, Eric, you will get what is coming to you. I always get what's coming to me. Racks of cash. Oh, really? Is that what you've got coming to you, Eric? What do you mean? Well, for my whole life, I've heard hundreds of people speak vows of revenge against you for everything you've done to their families. Every Christmas, my nan wouldn't let us cut the pudding until she told the story of how you killed my grandfather and stole his soul. I've still got his soul, here, in this necklace. Oh, oh, Eric Rage Eater, that's 
dashed out my brains while I was in the post office buying stamps. Remember stamps? They were a thing once. <laughs> ah, that's right. I tripped and out they came. Your pappy went down like a punk. And then I come here to the new world and it's more of the same. You wiped out whole societies and divvied up their land to your hundreds of children. And now you work hard to pit those children against each other to set up an eternal generational conflict. I'm concentrating on making my hits and I'ma get mine. What you'll get, Eric, is revenge. Oh, I could slip a blade into your neck right now and not a person in this world would stop me. Ah, Figaro, you're still that hardcore twink punching above his weight. I would like to weigh in on this matter to say that I would stop you, ceremonial minister. This was actually Bimelec, an archaeologist and a lecturer for the National Institute of Anthropology and History in Mexico. She had become Axaxwin's girlfriend when he arrived in the New World, and she was treating this role with expediency and diligence. I see, Astrid. So you are willing to defend a mass-murdering, evil villain man. That is a meaningless term. Lord Rage Eater can be relied upon to fund my research, and I challenge you to find any funding body that does not illegally end human lives. I find the specific value of their body count to have no relation to their willingness to accept grant proposals. Astrid's a homie who respects my set, and my homies would do anything for the crumbs off my table. Yeah, I'd just like to point out that Eric isn't just huge and unstoppable, but also has me a uh, magic sword to defend himself with, so perhaps don't try it. Oh, come on, Cutty. Don't take Eric's side. You're the king's sword. This, this was the case. Cutty was an old Babylonian blood god who would somehow wound up as the official magic sword of the kings of Europe for at least three generations or so. But yeah, while the king was in prison, Cutty had been confiscated and had spent quite a lot of time getting to know Eric Rage Eater. No, no, Eric knows the score, don't you, Eric? Eric can't even comprehend that there are people who have lives! Right, that, that is the score. Okay, y'all, delightful. Excuse me, because I got calls to make. Don't any of you go killing each other while I'm in the next room, eh? You feel like killing each other, you just go jogging. You get that anger out someplace productive. You write a song or something. Our boy, still running over there? Yeah, there he is. Go get him, X! Yeah! Will Smith. Wait, you're, you're not coming with us? Aren't we just about to catch up with the king? Oh, uh, Will Smith's a busy man. Are you serious? We've been going after him for months. Yeah, yeah, I'll meet him, I'll meet him, just not right away. You craven coward. What are you going to do? Go and sign contracts with whoever left standing at the end of the war? <laughs> Nobody gonna make any money from this if I'm in no condition to draw up any contracts. Look at this face. You see this face? You see it? What? Do you see my face? Of course I see it. Nothing, of course I see your face. Nothing can improve this face. No bruises, no black eyes, no nicks, no scratches, no nothing. This face is perfect. My man tells me it's a war zone out there. I'm not built for no war zone. Sally, am I built for a war zone? No, I don't think he's ever been in a fight before. Well, now's a splendid time to find that out. Never been in a, what a boring and miserable life you lead. Oh yeah, it's just been terrible. And it's been great having you around, Father. Don't know how I'm gonna live without you. Okay, gonna go this time, for reals. Will Smith. <laughs> and so that contingent of the King's friends with Will Smith drove on towards Washington, D.C. and the storm that was brewing there. But they weren't the only ones following the King's movements because just across the Potomac River at the Pentagon, an outlaw 
named Sophia Calera was meeting with the Secretary of Defense of the, of the United States of America. What is this about? Why has the Secretary of Defense so high and mighty in your fancy office called upon a peasant woman when the country is falling apart around our ears? Sophia Calera, you are the leader of a notorious gang of outlaws that has plagued the countryside for years. There is a warrant for your arrest on serious charges of terrorism. Prove it! You misunderstand. I have use of the notorious gang of outlaws. I can offer you access to a secret slush fund to make the charges against you go away. Oh, so when I was poor, when I was starving with my child at my breast, you ignored me. When I fought for food, when I did what I had to for my daughter, you hunted me. And when you need something evil done in secret, then you need me. Ha! Sophia, you have not earned the right to speak my name. There is a child I want you to find. A boy. What boy? I think you know who I mean. You're very familiar with him. So am I. His name is Prince Prince. He is my son. Prince Prince was the prince of Europe. And I gotta, you know, I don't want to tip my hand here. The US Secretary of Defense was in fact the king's ex-wife. She was very talented. She was very intelligent, she was very resourceful, and had an incredible knack for working her way up of power structures or just anything, really. She and the king had arrived in the United States at the same time, and while the king had been rotting in Eric Rajita's prison, she had run for public office, won every election she stood in, made all the right friends, and had become the president of the United States' lover and closest advisor. She'd done all of this to show that she could regain custody of her children, Prince Prince, and his older sister, Princess Princess. <laughs> Your son, I should kill you where you stand for giving life to that vicious devil, Prince Prince. Sophia, your son is the reason my daughter, my pride and joy, sleeps every night in her cold grave. Your son thinks smoking is cool, but smoking killed my Joanna. I will find him, and I will wring his scrawny neck. I'm sorry what happened to Joanna. Prince has been under bad influences, and that is the reason I want to bring him back to me. You know of Colonel Glowfist? Ha! That pathetic sack of puke! That's a yes. You can hurt Colonel Glowfist. Please do. But bring Prince to me. He needs to be under my care, not the colonel's, not the king's. Do what you have to do. Colonel Glowfist is a powerful archmage, but you have tools at your disposal. Your gang each has their own little quirks and gimmicks, yes? One lays traps, one has a wheel in his chest. You've had tougher jobs than this. You'll be fine. Oh, and dress for bad weather. There's a storm blowing in, and it's certainly not a coincidence. Oh. Soon the king's friends took the beefiest wall armors from the convoy and they rode out into the storm. Axaxuan led them, but it was easy enough just to follow the trail of carnage. The bodies started at Foggy Bottom, Little Island had been blotted to bits, and it looked like a bomb had hit Arlington. 
The battle had only picked up on the National Mall. The Washington Monument had been torn up and presumably used as a cudgel, and the reflecting pool was choked with gibbs. Oh, it's been so long since the king cut loose like this. He must be in high spirits. This is some next-level Vikinka kind of wreckage. Nice. You're right, Eric. The king couldn't have done all of this on his own. I have seen multiple instances of people punched so hard they have exploded. And it looks like these lightning strikes have been targeted too. He must have made some new friends. Oh, he's always had a talent for that. That's good. I hated to think of him out here waging war on this country all alone. Axe? Oh dear. Oh, I I've got him, I've got him. Oh, Axe, you've been running for months. You're all worn out. I'm not. I'm as, I'm as fit as a fiddle. You have been very helpful and strong, Axe. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> Axe, I need to ask one more thing of your Celtic tracking instincts. Help us find the king amidst all this wreckage. Yeah. Yeah, he's over there. And the... And the... Big white house. Yes, the trail can confirm that. He'll have proceeded up there. Is that the president's palace? That is the president's roost. The white roost of 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. And it looks like he set it on fire. Someone's coming, over there. Sally, are they friend or foe? I'll bounce there and tear them up either way. Oh, uh, no, Eric. <coughs> I can see them. And? Well... Hello there! I say hello! Yes, it's Colonel Glowfist. And, like, he's on our side, but... Sally! Oh, my God! Coming towards them, from out of the rubble of Capitol Hill, was Colonel Glowfist. He was known across all of medieval Europe as being a great and powerful wizard and the wisest man in the kingdom. But right now, he looked absolutely awful. He was obese and naked, except for a few tattered rags. He had shopping bags wrapped around his feet. His skin was full of like rubbery cork from exposure to the elements, and he was missing quite a lot of teeth. Colonel Glowfist refused to believe that there were any problems worth having that could not be solved with magic. But there was no magic way to lose weight and look after yourself. Not even. <laughs> in the medieval epoch. And with him was Pinecone, the team's mascot, uh, little bird, Pinecone, great big, muscly arms, and Prince Prince, who was now alive and willowy nine years old. They had been missing, presumed dead, ever since they had escaped from the guts of a gigantic dugong in the Atlantic Ocean. A long story, we won't go into that right now. Prince Prince, you're all right. And you're so big now. Yes, and look, it's me, Colonel Glowfist. I'm alive, like always. I missed you, Sally. Oh, we all missed you too, Prince, very much. Yes, I expect you missed me too, Glowfist. Very powerful wizard. Even more powerful than when you last saw me a few years ago now. It's that, Prince Prince. Axe, Axe Wound, how did you get here? You 
weren't even on our boat. Well, we don't need to go into that now. I can smoke now, Axe, with cigarettes. Wow, I don't even know what that means, but that sounds amazing. Ah! What is that? <laughs> I just blew up a fountain with magic. Those are the kind of hilarious antics that you've all missed out on from me. Colonel Glovist, still alive. Sally, remember when we used to date in high school? Yes, hello, Harold. I'm glad that you're not dead. Yeah, of course you are, of course you are, you little minx. I've kept the bird alive, too. Pine the cone! It's me, Pine the You'll be glad to see you tomorrow, I'll Oh, no, come on, how does he even recognise me? Yes, good old Pine cone. You were his favourite. Can't have an adventure without him. No, I, Pine cone, I've, I've got empty hands. Look, look, no seas. Ow, empty hands. Ow! Ah, so has anyone got any idea what kicked up all this fuss? We'd come here to talk to the president, but it looks like someone has had something rather more urgent to say to him. <laughs> Foolish man, I don't think you are grasping the situation. We have travelled a considerable distance to find the king. Is this disordered environment we see not his work? Foolish? You know I'm a colonel. He's, he's not a colonel, Astrid. Is my dad here in Washington, D.C.? He is, Prince. He's in the White Roost. Let's go and see him. Ah, I hope so, little one. You know, I once met your father when he was close to your age. You look exactly the same. Are you Eric Frage Eater? Yes, the E-R-E -E right here in this place. Don't even trip, because I'm filthy large, the rage in charge. Have you got my dad's sword? All right, Prince. Are you still my dad's sword? No. Am I still going to inherit you someday? I, I wouldn't have thought so, no. Yes, I'm going to use it to kill your pops. Might even cleave him in two. Haven't decided yet. <laughs> okay, but can I see my dad first? The white roost just exploded. Is that the king being flung towards us? He's going to land right here in front of us. Ha, now's my chance. Tell you what, Prince, let's see who gets to him first. Come on, Cutty. Ha, ha, ha. Let's skip back a little bit, because the king had a very, very busy day. Because when he'd leapt from his swan yachts and he'd fought his way through a legion of federal civil servants while the capital, the capital, the capital police opened fire on him, Kind of, you know, it was very stressful. Civil servants were a lot tougher in medieval times, and almost all members of the Capitol Police had at least some kind of spellcasting ability. Some of them even had animal familiars, and you know, not wussy animals, not cats, or dogs, or parrots, and stuff. They had like moose, uh, buffalo, really, really stress out your day. But anyway, don't worry about the king, because um, he always had a plan. He hadn't passed all of his exams in school because. As a boy, he was usually up all night lecturing other children not to attempt to imitate his athletic brand of crime fighting in case they got injured, or he was dressing his pet lion up as a baby so he could compete in a novelty pram race. Things like that. Boyish antics, not exams. But he did have a knack for networking. Weeks before 
he'd sailed into Washington, D.C. on his gondola of, of swans, he'd sent Ball and St. Francis to deal with the Secretary of State, who at the time was the god Coyote. And they'd gotten, got, they'd gotten Coyote drunk and thrown him in the river, and because Coyote was such a jerk to the other gods of the United States, the king had found himself receiving a boon, as he so often did. And the boon came to him in the form of a polar bear, which popped out of thin air at night while the king slept. Ah! 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 King of men, you have earned the favor of the gods. What? No! Are we fighting? I will fight you! Woo, woo now, woo. Ah! Um, I, I wouldn't do that, king. Your Highness, this is Nanook. She helped us, helped you to get rid of Coyote. Yeah, it's cool, man. We're all friends here. We all hated that Coyote guy, and he's at the bottom of the river now. So I hear you're gonna beat up the President of the United States soon? Yeah, 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 I'm gonna, I'm gonna beat him up. Cool, cool, swell. So, uh, so like, me and a load of the other gods, we're really down with that. And like, hey, oh, namaste, I'm Nanook. I'm like, the polar bear? In case you hadn't seen a polar bear before? I hadn't, no. Yeah, polar bears are tight. They're like bears, but they're they're big and, and white. <laughs> it's not like a supernatural bear spirit to pay a visit just to commend a fella for a job well done. Whoa, man! What are you? Oh, oh this is Gogo Gorilla. Uh, he, he's a gorilla. But, but not a special one, but he can solve crimes, uh, and he can't talk. I respect that. That's worthwhile, man. Well, pleased to hear it. Now, what's the pitch? <laughs> yeah, you're a man of action. I, I, I dig it. I dig your flow. Okay, so let's just say that the president has made some enemies, and I'm one of them, but, like... I don't necessarily want him to know that I'm one of them, if you catch my meaning. You heard the ice cream sundae, your highness. She's looking for a patsy. Oh man, you're bumming me out. I'm, I'm not on that wavelength. I'm just, I'm just gonna make our man, the king here, real strong. Cause polar bears, they're like off the scale strong. Like you're in for a really good time being that strong. Well, I like the sound of strong, but how are you going to do that? Hey man, I'm a god. I can just get like right up into your arms, your legs, you know, and like you're in charge, but like then you just hit something and you'll hit it with the strength of a bear. Oh, okay, so you're giving me like a new weapon. <laughs> yeah, yeah man, yeah. You're taking on the president, like he, he's, I don't know if you know this, but he's got a lot of guys. Those federal civil servants, man, they don't mess around. And then, like, you get past them, and then it's BAM with his technodrome, you know? Wow! Well, thanks, the Nuke. You know, usually I'm the one handing out the presents. Oh, it's, it's no problem, brother. You know, you can rely on the Nuke, man. I'll hook you up night or day. You know, I used to have a weapon who was a god. He was a sword named Cutty. And when I was a boy, we were inseparable. I used to threaten the other boys with him, and we laughed. We laughed into the small hours, right. and I was too tired for exams. Okay, yeah. <laughs> that, that's, that's really, oh, great. That's, yeah. Cool. But then I got a new friend, my lion. 
I called him Bitey, Bitey the Lion, and he could talk too, like, like the little gorilla could. Wow. He was always by my side. As far out. We went scrumping apples, went on go kart races. Oh, wow. We mauled the children of the neighborhood. Really? And Kati and I. We go distant. Wow, that's a great story, bro. But look, I gotta bounce. Peace out. Enjoy kicking ass. Ah. Nanook and the others disappeared as suddenly as they popped in. Wow! I didn't know the gods could be cool like that. Yeah, we can be cool like that. I, I, I mean, we can lay out a, a really cool time to our our brothers if we want to. Yeah, you're, you're not cool, Bob. You live in a van. It's a difficult time economically. Oh. Okay, so now we know that the king could summon the strength of the bear and uh, that Nanook could run down from her happy hunting grounds and get inside the king's muscles and make him real strong, even stronger than he really was. And that's really important in a fight. I cannot emphasize how useful strength of the bear is when you're taking on the entire United States government. So, when he stormed the banks of the Potomac, he used his bear strength, and he tore apart a few dozen poor policemen and federal civil servants who were really just doing their job. Many of them were tired and nauseous from being blown around by the winds of the storm, so they didn't really offer much support. But then, the Lincoln Memorial came to life screaming. And I know what it sounds like, but it's not as weird as it sounds, because this memorial was to a medieval ancestor of Abraham Lincoln, uh, and which had to be rebuilt in the same spot. And it had to be rebuilt because St. Francis smashed its shins in, and Baal blew up its head with lightning. Ah, nice work taking down the Lincoln Memorial team. I, I wish I had you guys around ages ago. I could have used you in my campaign in Atlantis. No, I wouldn't have done it. I was living peacefully in the Molden Wood Zone, forgotten by the world outside. I was in Le Havre as a boss, telling people they could only cross the channel if they fought me, and then they did fight me, and they crossed the channel. <laughs> I sideways, your highness. Detonating the nation's hallowed symbol of humanity and reconciliation has ruffled a few feathers. See those goons over there? They look like legislators. They were. The congressmen of the United States of America were pouring out of their castle on Capitol Hill and forming a battle congress around the Washington Monument. To be a congressman back then, you needed at least 500 strength, 700 speed, and uh, like a really rich dad. It looked like <laughs> a hard fight. So the king took everybody out into town, well, they all went around the shops, and they spent some of their hard-earned cash. The king bought everybody coffee and expensive sushi to boost their skills, and they had a few sessions in the sauna to max out their willpower. Very important. The congressmen were waiting patiently for them back at the reflecting hall. And then the king's team went through them with really very few complications. Right, so if that's done, is it time to fight the president now? Yeah, come on, look, we're getting to it. These things have a structure. We can't all just live our lives in the woods without any direction. Francis, drinking out of puddles. Hey, I like a good puddle. You get down close to the ground, it's quiet, you look around. Check the trees, check the undergrowth. You lap at the water silently as you can. You taste. Hmm. Who else has been at the puddle? What have they been eating? Where did they go? Oh, it's 
very soothing. Puts you in a certain place, you know, when you're stressed out. Look, I'm conquering a country by fighting literally every single person in its government. Well, if you didn't do that sort of thing, you wouldn't be stressed. Look, come on, we could go right now. There's no one stopping us. The world is endless. Countries are an illusion. What the? Look, if I didn't conquer this country, then all of Europe would fall into darkness and anarchy, and that would be more stressful, Francis, wouldn't it? That's a tenuous construct. I wouldn't let it lead you by the nose if I was you. Look, you can't go home. You work for me. No, I don't. You're thinking of Baal. King, look, you have to keep Francis engaged or else he won't cooperate. Oh, thanks for the support, Baal. It's true. You get like this when you're hungry. Well, I did see a little place in town that does waffles. There are many ways to engage a violent man. You can threaten him with heartbreak, you can make him look the fool, or you can get on the wrong side of the honor that propels him like a fly banging against the skylight. Or you can bear down on him like the Supreme Court on treads, a Masonic terror belching exhaust like the thing that's... Oh, gee, okay, they've got a terror, they've got a technodrome. Take a drum, everybody, take a drum. The Supreme Court's rolled over on giant tank treads with an eye on top, firing missiles, and they had to beat that one too. I was... I was saying it was the Supreme Court on treads. You want instead I should paint you a picture? What's a Supreme Court? That was. What's a Technodrome? Well, that was! Technodrome defeated, they marched onto the White Roost. And in the Rose Garden stood the Secretary of Defense. And she was, as we have said, the King's ex-wife. What are you doing? Ah! 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 This isn't going to stop anything. I don't know what you're trying to accomplish other than, than kicking over my sandcastles. <laughs> oh, at least have the guts to talk to me, you child. <laughs> Gogo, can you talk some sense? What is he doing here? We're here to see the president, ma'am. Oh my god, is that Baal? I'm Baal. <laughs> Where'd he dig you up? Do I have to answer that? Is she still the queen? Are you still the queen? I don't know these things. Nobody tells me anything. Short answer is, we've had some capers. You know how this works. The king gets an idea in his head, and we're all along for the ride. Well, you're too late. The fleet's already set sail, and you can't strong-arm anyone into bringing them back. Wait, wait, what? Hang on, what fleet? What fleet are you talking about? What? What, what, are you, what are you doing with a fleet? I'm sailing back to Europe to get the kids. I lost my Irish army, so I went and found a new one. <gasps> the kids! Yes! Remember them? The children you neglect and abuse? I'm taking custody of them, remember? Go, 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 did you know she was up to this? I've been jumping up and down on springs all day, Your Highness. No time to do any sleuthing. The ball, ball! Did... Did you know? No, we've just established that nobody tells me anything. Okay, hey, honey. No, I'm gonna stop you right there. No, no, this is important. You forgot about them. You forgot about me. No, 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 listen, listen, come on. I'm leaving. I have enough troops to conquer Europe outright. You can have the United States. It's big and empty, and there's no one here who has to depend on you. 
I'm going home to pick up the pieces you left. No, you have to know our son is dead! He died at sea when they came to look at me. Look for me! No, don't, don't walk away! Look, she doesn't even care. Look, look, she's the neglectful one. Your focus is fogging up, Your Highness. No, no, we're not doing the president anymore! My ex is invading Europe, apparently, and she's got a load of boats and a fleet, and we've got to stop her. Oh, come on! We're here now. Can't we just, I don't know, stop the fleet once we're done with the president? I, I can do storms, you know. You liked my storms before. There's only legroom. There's only legroom in your hearts enough for one dame to sit comfortably. And that dame, your highness, is Europe. All right! All right, go, go, go beat up the president. Fine. Hooray. <laughs> Forward! The king, charged with the power of the nuke, marched into the white roost with Baal, St. Francis, and Gogo Gorilla <coughs> at his side. Well, Gogo Gorilla sort of bounced with his spring shoes, but he did it with a, a steely determination. The President of the United States of America waited in his lair amidst the straw and leaves and bones that he gathered there. His staff had either died defending him or deserted him outright. His heart had broken when the King's ex-wife, the Secretary of Defense, had walked out on him. And in the end, all his schemes had come to this. He didn't even bother to talk to the King when he appeared. Instead, he just reared up to his full height and hit the king with such a mighty blow that the roof of the white roof shattered and the king was knocked clear out onto the lawn outside. But I don't think I've mentioned this up to now, but the President of the United States was 75 meters long and he was also a dragon. <laughs> uh, he'd been elected president because he was so long and he was just really, really hard to kill. The king had killed a dragon once when he was a kid because his father had chained one up in the basement, but it, it had vitamin deficiencies, uh, so he hadn't really fought a dragon at full strength before. Uh, even with strength of the bear, there's a good chance that this is going to end up in a total party kill. We're going to need a drink uh, to prepare for these emotions that are going to come to us, so I'm calling an interval now. <laughs> This episode of the Saga of the European King was recorded live at Onca Gallery in Brighton, East Sussex on October the 6th, 2017. The event was part of the Brighton Digital Festival and was funded by Arts Council England. All my thanks as ever to Amy Sutton, Joshua Crisp and Ben Edwards for their wonderful performances and a special thank you to Claudia Treacher for being on sound effects, music and cutty duty. Patricia Finnegan and Ed Babb filmed the show and Lydia Heath made it all possible for us to be in the gallery that evening. The Saga of the European King theme music is by Nikolai Roos, who also did the transitions. Additional music was by John Bartman, and Pinecone's theme was by Mano Komatsos. Thanks to everybody who came to the show in person, and if you at home would like to support us, you can find our Patreon online. You can also write a review on iTunes, give us a rating, subscribe, like us on Facebook. Act 2 of the live show will follow very shortly. Chauncey Haworth, Mark Slade, and Lothar Tuppen. 
the demented minds behind the Twisted Pulp Radio Hour bring you Twisted Pulp Magazine, a journey beyond surreality to worlds you never knew or hoped existed, worlds of the supernatural, worlds of dark satire, worlds of nightmarish futures. Twisted Pulp Magazine. If you thought the 21st century was weird enough already, think again. Twisted Pulp Magazine. A step beyond your grandfather's pulp. Available at digitalvaudeville.com. That's D-I-G-I-T-A-L-V-A-U-D-E-V-I-L-L-E.com. Twisted Pulp Magazine. 